Hey, welcome back to Mobile First. I'm your host, Jordan Bryant. Every week, I sit down with industry leaders to unlock how they are creating effective mobile experiences that make an impact for their businesses so that you can understand the perspective and tactics to replicate their success. If you're new to the show, Mobile First is the media child of Emerge Interactive, a digital experience company with two decades of creating highly performing digital products out of Portland, Oregon. We believe that every digital product owner deserves a clear vision, plan of action, and the right capabilities to create effective digital experiences that help to increase sales and performance. Now this week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Linda Tong, VP of Innovation Labs at App Dynamics. As the VP of Innovation Labs, Linda Tong is focused on building out the vision and strategy for the Innovation Center of App Dynamics. Prior to this role, she combined her love for product development and football as the VP of Product and Innovation for the NFL, managing the product vision for the owned and operated digital properties across all 32 clubs and the league. Linda was also an original team member at Google, both for Chrome and Android, where she helped launch and shape the developer ecosystem for the Android operating system. For example, like if you're a digital company that's trying to allow people to book flights online, you can book a flight in 100 steps and people will use it. But once you unlock functionality, you want to think about how do I get there in one step or two steps or 10 seconds? How do I get there as fast as possible? I had a great chat with Linda. She uncovers some really insightful frameworks that help her replicate her success uh, across the numerous ventures that she's had in her history. And there are a couple really unique approaches that she takes that allow her to do this. And we cover these in detail. And one of them actually, entrepreneur.com, is writing an article on it that's going to be out by the time that this episode airs. And she's calling it her... Maslow's Hierarchy of Product Needs, really cool framework that helps her deliver a really interesting initiative that creates this co-creative internal process for their organization that helps them innovate internally and create digital transformation to move forward. So this is an episode that you're not going to want to miss. These are really two interesting and amazing frameworks that I'm excited to share. So tune in to listen. Also check out the show notes where Linda Tong is going to be providing some of her most valuable resources. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to have you here. Cool. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here. We had a great pre-show chat and I got to know you quite a bit. So I know there's going to be a lot of juicy insights that we're going to dig into. But before we do that, I'd like to spend just a little time understanding your perspective and what inspires you, because I think this really helps to provide context when digging a little bit deeper throughout the episode. So Linda, what are you most passionate about in your profession and why? What's really fun is constantly challenging myself. And what that means is finding new problems to solve, new ways to push myself in new directions, new technologies to explore. Because ultimately, I'm just super curious and I love learning and I love finding new solutions. And so what's great about my profession is it's this mix of product management experience and user experience and innovation. And my job is literally to find new problems and solve them in innovative ways and and provide really awesome solutions. So it's just exciting. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah. And and I know you're a very curious person and it sounds like you're a tinker as well. I I heard that you once microwaved a Dorito bag just out of curiosity. And so I'm curious, what about your story, you know, shaped this for you? 
for me, I just see things and I always want to know what else can you do with it, right? Like, of course, the Dorito bag is a mechanism to hold your chips and something you throw away when you're done. But you also have to look at everything around you and think about what else could this be? How else can I utilize these different building blocks around me and create new solutions or new opportunities? And I think that's always been core to who I was as a kid, core to what I want to become as a future. A big part of innovation is not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but really looking at the pieces around you and thinking about how you can reorganize them or restructure them to unlock new value. And I think that's just always been core to me. And I would say, go ahead and find pieces of the world around you and try and reapply them to see how you can create new tools, new solutions. And that's who I am as a person. And so then as the, the VP of Innovations Lab here at App Dynamics, what are your responsibilities then? And how do you bring that curiosity through? Yeah, so a big part of my responsibilities at App Dynamics are focus on how do we think about the future of App Dynamics? So from an innovation lab perspective, it's what are the unique spaces that App Dynamics is in? How do we start to enable innovation within the organization to unlock new opportunities that are adjacent to our product lines or you know, adjacent to this industry that app dynamics would be a good fit for? And what are some new ideas or features we could build that can help us move into those spaces and create new value for our customers while looking at our core capabilities? So it's literally looking at app D as what are the Lego pieces we have inside the building? How could we reassemble them? And what new value can we unlock within this industry? And so that's really exciting within the innovation lab piece. And connected with that is I'm also overseeing our product experience team and working on how do we take the products we have and continue to foster them and grow them and build the best experience for our customers as we evolve through time. So those are just two really fun places to be here. Great. Yeah. And and we'll definitely dig into both of those in in more detail, but maybe in taking a step back for those that may not know what AppDynamics is, can you give us a quick description of who you guys are and what you do? So if you think about any digital experience, whether it's a, a taxi app to order a car or, you know, booking a flight on your phone, all these applications are made up of a really complex technology stack. So you have a mobile app or a web app connected to a series of application servers and infrastructure and network. And it's so complex. And what AppDynamics does is it helps you understand that complexity and connects the dots between all those pieces of your architecture and gives you feedback on how that's performing. So if you're using an app and it crashes, or if it's slow, or if it's down, AppDynamics helps you understand what part of that infrastructure is causing that performance degradation, and then how do you go and take next steps to fix it? And more importantly, how does it impact your business? This amazing tool that sits across your entire technology stack to give you insights in how your digital products are performing. And what are you seeing as the biggest benefit or impact for your customers? What's what's one of the things that they're continually saying, you know, this is the game changer? Well, for us, what's unique about AppDynamics is we not only give you insight into how your, your digital products are performing and we give you that visibility into this really, really complex ecosystem, we tie it back to your business. You know, for example, with your product, if there's downtime or if it's slow or if maybe one of your services is done, we can tell you that performance degradation caused X amount of revenue you impact your business or cause this many consumers a negative experience. And we can actually tell you which consumers had that experience. You can go ahead and reach out to them separately and say, hey, sorry about that. We'll fix it in the future. And like, this is what we've done. But, you know, we give you that insight in how performance and business are connected so that you can really be that more, much more insightful about how your digital products are doing and how do you continue to make smart decisions around operating them. Really interesting. So you get down to not only 
the technology level and the infrastructure and user experience, but also down to the user level. And then this business intelligence allows you to provide just really effective mobile experiences for your customers. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then to get an idea of of your team and, and where it sits in the org, can you maybe describe that a little bit and then what departments your team interfaces with mostly? Yeah, sure thing. My team focuses on the user experience side of product development. And really where we're sitting is within the technology organization, partnering closely with product management and engineering to understand what are the products and features that we want exposed and for what customers. And we help design and develop those and and build them out and then constantly test and iterate on how we continue to create new value for our our, our customers as we go forward and and plan out that long-term strategic roadmap. So, I mean, you've come from a pretty awesome background, you know, coming from the NFL and managing a a shit ton of digital properties there. How is this team makeup (laughs) a little bit different than, you know, what you've experienced in the past? You know, how, how is it structured and organized to be able to allow you to innovate in the way that you do? Absolutely. It's totally different. You know, one thing that's really unique about this organization in general is we're focused on helping other companies go through these digital transformations. And so this is a very technology focused organization that's thinking about how we solve problems. And, you know, the way that my team is even built up is we're a combination of both looking at innovation and how we enable it and building new uh, product experiences and aligning that with user focused design and you know, most companies like isolate these two things. They innovate on the side and user experience is part of this core short-term product development cycle. And you miss that combination of long-term strategic thinking and short-term deliverable. And I think that's what's really unique about how my organization is set up and how we're integrated in the company. And then secondly, how important the company views the focus on user experience in general and how we're so customer-centric and how we move forward. Yeah, I think a lot of companies that struggle with creating effective digital experiences don't necessarily have this in, internally or aren't operating effectively, optimally on both of those of those tiers that you just mentioned. And so I think that there's a lot that we can unpack of, of how it's set up and what you guys do throughout this that allow you to continually deliver on this for your clients. Because not only are you delivering effective digital experiences, you're responsible for enabling those for all of your customers. So you have to be really setting that gold standard. And I think a lot of companies are trying to do this internally, which you've organized within AppDynamics, so that they're able to have that internal modernization themselves. And I would love to dig in a little bit with you, Linda, uh, how you manage that product experience team and, and some of the focuses that you're focused on. And I think in going through that example with you, we can start to understand a little bit more of of how you're making that impact. So could you maybe talk about um, some of the core focuses that you have with that product experience team? You know, a big part of it is twofold. It's thinking about our our user and thinking about the right approach to product development. And, you know, I've always said that when you build products, it's really this, this massive hierarchy of product needs. And it's about understanding a problem and really defining that so that you can define the value that you want to unlock. And so our team is focused on understanding what is that problem, right? And and we call that utility. Like what utility do we provide our users? And we really understand that at our core and focus our first rev of product development against that. And as we move up that, that hierarchy of needs, we then understand once we've unlocked that utility, how do we iterate so that we can improve functionality so that you can start to get to that utility as fast as possible? So 
for example, like if you're a, a digital company that's trying to allow people to book flights online, you can book a flight in a hundred steps and people will use it. But once you unlock functionality, you want to think about how do I get there in one step or two steps or 10 seconds? How do I get there as fast as possible? And so my team is really focused on how do we define that problem and then how do we get our customers there as fast as possible so that they can extract value from us really quickly? And so that's one big focus area. And then the second one is once we've nailed those two things, how do we move up that, that hierarchy of needs to start to unlock delight? And how do we start to give our customers experiences that are adjacent to those needs that keep them coming back and engaging with our products longer term so that we can build these long-term relationships with them and continue to extract value? Yeah, I think that's a huge component that we should definitely reiterate. And I know you also have an article coming out on Entrepreneur that talks about this. So we'll definitely link to this in the show notes page for everybody to read about in, in a little bit more detail. But just to reiterate, so we have Maslow's hierarchy of product needs. Well, because you could kind of put your spin on it. Maybe it's Linda's hierarchy of product needs. We have <laughs> uh, utility at that foundation there and then moving that up into functionality and how we're able to iterate on that functionality uh, to be able to deliver that utility and then moving further up that to uh, delight. And would you say, Linda, that this is kind of that, that core structure that you tie a lot of your, your previous successes to, or, or has this something that's more recently evolved and, and how so? You know, I've been talking about this, this hierarchy of needs since the very beginning. I've been doing this my whole career, and I think it's core to how you build great products. I think the one area where this has started to evolve is now that I'm at App Dynamics and really thinking about performance, I've realized that something I've never really thought about, but it's actually a core to this pyramid is this, this underlying structure, which is performance, right? You assume that that utility and functionality and delight, you know, if you nail those things, you're great, but you forget about the fact that if you build this product, but it's down and a user comes to your site or your mobile app and it doesn't load, well, tough luck, right? Like you failed. And that underlying structure is ensuring that your application and your product is performing. And we always take it for granted. But what I've realized is it's really important to understand that that's something that you have to actively think about. Because especially as we move into more and more digital experiences, performance is highly variable and is something that you need to start to take into consideration when you build these products. Yeah. And I really like the analogy used regarding Maslow's hierarchy in referencing air, right? It's it's something that we take for granted. It, you know, he doesn't need to call out that air is something that we need to survive. Just like performance isn't something that need to be called out with technology. It needs to perform for us to even get any sort of utility. So I, I think that there's a lot to be said for the structure that you apply. And really, it's a framework that you pass everything through. And so I love to dig a little bit deeper with you, Linda, and how you're applying this framework to the product experience. And so can you maybe talk about some of the problems that you that you saw with app dynamics and how you're applying this to unearth some of these opportunities and put them into to practice. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things about app dynamics that I think is really challenging is we're helping companies move through their digital transformations and understand how all the different pieces of their technology communicate and interact with each other and ultimately what parts of that technology can you know, possibly create a negative impact or performance degradation. And so in order to provide a good experience and give value to our customers, we have to be able to say, one, I can view every part of your architecture, which means we need to be able to run our agent or have visibility into thousands of different technology stacks. We have to be able to give them insight into it 
and then very simply give them one visual that gives them an understanding against their business of how all these different parts of their technology are working together. And if you imagine what a historical architecture map looked like, it was literally like three or four things on a page. Like you had your data center that had like your infrastructure and a network and an application server and an application. And it was super simple. And it was just four chunks on a map. But now people have thousands of different tiers and nodes and pieces of architecture that are going through third-party vendors. And it's super complex. And so for us, to unlock value, we need to make that experience really simple, really easy to understand. And we're actively figuring out how do we build the right experience to give them insight into how a complex system works together and how they can derive meaning from it, which is, you know, for us, we focus on their business. We say, going back to that example, if you're a company that allows users to book flights for travel, the things you care about are things like a flight booking service, confirmation, ticketing, getting on a plane, checking in a gate. We look at those transactions themselves and show you how those transactions move through your technology. And we give you a really simple understanding of how that's working. We tell you what's your average, like what's your baseline. And then we tell you when you deviate from that. And then we give you insight into where that deviation is. And so you see the utility, which is giving you insight into a complex system we've created this great functionality of how you can do it really quickly and identify problems immediately and immediately jump into those problems to start to remediate. And then from a delight perspective, we do this by reaching out to you directly and giving that insight. We come to you through your communication channels, whether it's a Slack or a phone call or a text message or an email, we get you these insights so fast that you can act on it and continue to ensure that your products your own digital products are running properly um, and performing. But we're constantly going through the cycle as we build these solutions for our, our partners so that they can, in, in and of themselves, provide utility to their customers. And now in maybe peeling the onion layer back one more, with AppDynamics, you guys were acquired by Cisco earlier this year and you were going through expansion. And like you pointed earlier, coming in, it was a startup. And like with any startup that scales fast, you're... You're trying to expand and support additional technologies and you're targeting different customers and more customers. And so can you maybe talk about some of the things that you're focused on currently within that product experience team that is helping you match some of these changes that are happening internally? One of the biggest changes that we see internally is now that we're a bigger company and we're continuing to scale and we have the support of Cisco behind us. We have to start to think about what's that next generation of our product. You know, we can't just be focused on, on the day-to-day deliverable of what's in the next release, but we have to be thinking five, 10, 15 releases out of what are we delivering in the future? Like, what is our vision? What's our long-term strategic goal? And as a product experience team, how do we start to build that blueprint of our future experience for our customers of their new complex technologies, how they move in and start to adopt new things like edge computing and IoT and machine learning, how do we start to take those different types of technologies and apply them to a future experience? And then how do we start to take our product today and move it in that direction and start to bridge those two? And that takes, one, a lot of collaboration across our entire organization. And then two, collaboration with Cisco as we start this journey together as one large, happy family. And and so it starts to take a new skill set and a bit of change and an understanding that we need to grow together. And so it's, it's a lot of visionary and strategic work, but I'm so excited about it. 
<laughs> and you mentioned this earlier on in the episode too, like these, these two things that you're focused on the long-term vision and then the short-term goals. And then you just mentioned, right. The collaboration is, is so big to that. And we call that co-creation here because it takes a lot of, of having these insights and perspectives of all these different really functions, business functions within the organization to create this larger change for this next generation of the company of the product. And so what are some of the core challenges that you're seeing right now with either the long-term vision or the short-term goals or a combination of the two? One of the things is when you start to transition into that mode as any organization, to, to build that collaboration, at the center of it, you need this understanding, you need this empathy. You need to understand what everyone else's roles are. You need to understand how you as a team can move forward and build this vision together. And building that empathy is something that I think is core to, to a, a, you know, a product experience team or a UX team because empathy is at the core of how we just operate. Mm-hmm. And I think sharing that across the entire organization, helping folks grow together, it's a natural journey and it's a challenge that every company faces. And it's something that you know we're starting to, to move forward on and as we continue to build the understanding of each other and how we work together as a team and how we need to start evolving our ways of thinking, you know, this team is really focused on how do we start to build these communication bridges between all the different groups and first go out and build the first bridge across to our partners and empathize with them and understand their roles and understand their concerns and their vision uh, and try and bring all those together so we can paint a unified strategy and then bring the group forward together. Um, but for us, like the biggest challenge is around building that communication channel across these groups and really understand their roles and how their roles are starting to change so that we can internalize it ourselves and be good partners. So how are you doing that? A lot of it is really fostering this communication. It's, you know, spending a lot of time with peers, spending a lot of time across the organization. And it's, it's great because the innovation lab is focused on creating these cross-functional teams. We've been building what we, we call think factories to identify problems so whether a problem is solving a unique customer need that we see arising or solving a problem and how fast we move from a process perspective, but identifying these problems and identifying cross-functional teams, people that might not know each other, but picking up people from all over the organization, bringing them in a room, defining these problems through these think factories, and then ideating together on solutions. When you bring those people into the room and present that problem, everyone has a different approach to how they solve it. And that really is what teaches you empathy because you get to understand their point of view, why they approach that problem in that way. And you get to learn from them and understand what are their concerns, right? What is their background? Maybe someone from a legal team will have a very different solution to a problem because they understand a lot of the different gotchas that you're going to run into from a legal perspective, whereas finance will have a different perspective and sales will have a different perspective. And as we start to foster these think factories, we're building a natural camaraderie between our teams. We're also building that empathy. And so we're actively fostering these these microgroups throughout the organization and building these relationships. And it, it's really starting to transform our organization. Linda, that's so cool. And I love that name, Think Factory. It's so cool. How <laughs> do you facilitate these Think Factories? Because I know everyone's listening and curious uh, on how they can do something similar. So one of the keys is getting buy-in across every level. And to do that, it's identifying a problem that leadership and mid-tier management and individual contributors all identify. So whether it's a problem around, you know, a product, like there's a unique problem that our customers are all facing that we all want to solve together, whether it's an internal problem with your organization or a culture, or whether it's another problem, maybe it's anything you can think of. Maybe people are just 
they, there's no work-life balance. You know, whatever problem is you want to identify, if you can identify a core problem that the entire organization can understand, you can get the buy-in on needing to take action. And that's when you stand up and raise your hand and say, look, I want to help solve this problem. I want to bring the right people together. I want to bring people who are interested throughout the organization to have this conversation together and ideate solutions. And it's really around defining it with that group. So we literally found, um, you know, problems that the organization identified around future technology and innovation opportunities, got buy-in from all different levels, picked very cross-functional teams, people from every part of the organization, brought them in a room for a multi-hour problem definition session, and then ultimately uh, a concept session to identify potential solutions, and then really break down those concepts and understand how valid are they, how impactful can they be towards solving that problem, and walk through essentially a very quick ideating prototyping session. Got it. So you kind of define a role of this Think Factory champion and their responsibility is to take the initiative. And once, you know, something has been identified and this problem is known throughout the organization, then, you know, selecting these individuals to partake in this Think Factory and then that is then facilitated as a group, but maybe there is that one champion. Is that kind of how it's structured or is there something additional to that? Absolutely. Right. Like if you define that problem, people throughout the organization will raise their hand. Right. If you have passion in your organization, people will raise their hand and say, I want to be a part of that. I want to help solve it. And so if you can define a unique problem that people agree on, you will find tons of people who will help you solve that and come with with really great ideas to the table. So since this Think Factory has been implemented, how have you seen that impact your business and your customers? Well, so we're still pretty new on it. It's a newer organization within AppDynamics, but we have seen a really positive level of feedback from the organization on our approach. We have a lot of optimism around how we can use this to formulate longer-term strategic thinking. But also, as we've talked to customers, we've talked to them about helping us identify unique problems to them and then walking them through our Think Factory approach. And they've been really positive. And a lot of them have wanted to get involved with our Think Factories, and they want to be a part of our prototyping sessions and customer feedback is core to how you can build great products. And so we've been building channels in which we can present ideas and concepts and prototypes to them so that they can help us validate that we are taking the right approaches ultimately to solve their problems. So what sort of roadblocks are you running into? Is is there something that could be made better about this and maybe more effective? You know, one of the biggest challenges of any idea or any concept is you, you can run it for sure. You can absolutely run one or two of them, but like, how do you get it at scale? And so for me, what I really want to do is figure out once we run a lot of successful Think Factories, how do we start to turn this more into a scalable program? And, you know, my vision for Innovation AppD is really around how do we do this so much that it becomes natural to who we are? It becomes core to our DNA that you don't need to have a separate Think Factory program, but it's naturally a part of how people solve problems so that we can see the organization organizing themselves to solve these problems and reaching out to the right people and not needing this level of facilitation so that we can do it at scale. And I think that's, you know, that's what success would look like to me, but it's always, you have to graduate into that, that mode. You can't just start there. And what do you think has to happen to graduate into that? I think part of it is proving continuous success and you have to not only prove it in one channel, but you have to find that this method can work for any type of problem and you can evolve this process. I mean, it's by no means perfect yet, right? We're going to find problems where parts of the Think Factory will fail and we need to iterate on the process so that that we can make it amenable to different types of problems or different types of challenges. And as we work through that and iterate and get it to a point where we feel like it's more modular, 
and it's thoughtful and it can handle all different types of challenges, we can start to bring it at scale. And, you know, but it's really, I think it's the journey that's going to get us there. And we're just at the beginning. I think we've just really started to surface and now we need to invest time and trial and error to it and, and really put it through the ringer so that we can come out with something that's really thoughtful and scalable and effective and really like that's been poked a million times and has come out alive. Right. And, and I can imagine just this mental shift that has to take place within the whole organization. A lot of it is going to be very qualitative and how proving success. A lot of times leadership wants to see quantitative, quantitative success. And so how are you going about measuring the success right now that you're seeing actually helping push this initiative forward? That's definitely hard, right? When you think about these longer term solutions and when you start to move in the space of innovation, measuring success is really difficult. A lot of times people associate success with, oh, you know, I built this and it created this much more revenue for my company. And so, you know, it's ROI positive. You can't do that with innovation because frankly, innovation is 95% fails, 5% success if you're lucky. It's really around how do you fail fast? How do you set expectations of what good innovation looks like? And how, you know, how do you actually set up the case of, you know, what is success in this case? And I think for us, it's around learning from every single experience, trying not to make the same mistakes more than once and failing as fast as possible and seeing us fail faster or be able to refine our, our paths faster to show that we've been learning and growing. And ultimately that will turn into, you know, hopefully new product lines or new processes or new experiences for us that allow us to be a more nimble, thoughtful, profitable company. But leading up to that point where you can start to see that payoff, success has to be redefined in a different way um, where it's, it's really around setting these expectations of what does it look like of, you know, failing fast and like sharing your learning. And sometimes it's a tough thing within organizations. They don't, they don't like things that don't look just like revenue. And so part of it is building out that tolerance and that understanding and empathy with leadership so that they understand what this, what an appropriate level of success looks like. And then, you know, working hard to show them the value of it. And I think you've got some great frameworks in place that are going to allow you to do that and really accelerate this as well with the Maslow's, the Linda's hierarchy of product needs. <laughs> and then this, this think factory idea and initiative that totally is delivered from that, that line of thinking for that hierarchy. So these are two great takeaways that are worth it reiterating. And I would love to uh, also point to your uh, article that you have coming out in Entrepreneur where you're talking about this, this hierarchy and um, love to work with you to create some additional resources around this or, or plug them because I think that this is so just pivotal to a company's ability to internally modernize and, and make this digital transformation internally. So we've covered a lot of great stuff. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you're wanting to impart on us today? No, I think I'm good. I think this is everything. I mean, I hope this provides value for the listeners and you know, it's something that can be really useful as, you know, as people think about how to solve problems. It's been really helpful for me in my career. And is there a place that we should go, Linda, to keep tabs on the App Dynamics Innovation Lab? Yeah, well, we're definitely hoping to publish a lot on that App Dynamics blog. And we're going to hopefully get a lot of coverage as we work with our different partners. And so we'll definitely keep you apprised of everything that we do. And we'll share all of our findings. We're hoping to publish a lot of case studies as we get out there. So we'll definitely keep you in the loop. Great. Yeah, we'll continue to link to those through our social channels as well. And so is that appdynamics.com and then just check out the blog. Is that where we can go to, to keep tabs on all this? Yeah, there's um, our blog and then also our 
Twitter handle is actually pretty active. And so that's a great place to get the latest and greatest from us. It's at app, at app dynamics. App, app dynamics. Great. Well, everyone, there you have it. Make sure to, uh, to follow them on Twitter to see everything that's happening that innovation lab and then also make sure to tune in this friday for a rapid fire round where linda is going to be sharing some of her most valuable resources Linda, thanks so much for joining us today it was a pleasure to have you on i really enjoyed digging into some of the frameworks that you have i think these are going to be incredibly valuable insights for people to look more into and follow you on so again thank you uh, for taking the time today awesome thank you so much this is so fun Hey, thank you for listening. For additional resources on how to increase sales and performance with your mobile experiences, head over to www.emergemobilefirst.com and select the Get Free Resources button there at the top and gain instant exclusive access to tools and resources from all of our guests aggregated into one single place just for you. Now, I'm looking forward to digging in with my next guest, but until next time, think mobile first.